Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 584 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the city of Vineland. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. Got a lot to talk about on this episode from the Birds, the Phillies, the Sixers being one of the best teams in the NBA right now, playing against the Celtics tonight, big one on deck. Uh, The Flyers doing the most hilarious Flyers bit of all time. And then obviously, uh, the Union finally back at it uh, for the MLS Cup playoffs. Hopefully uh, take care of business in Game 2 to advance and get rid of this best of three nonsense sooner rather than later. Uh, but before we get into everything, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at UndergroundPHI on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook.com slash UndergroundSportsPHI twitch.tv slash underground sports phi if you want to watch the show live with matt and myself every wednesday night uh be sure to follow matt on twitter at matt castarina follow me at kbizzl311 subscribe to the podcast feed on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcast leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the underground sports philadelphia youtube channel youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia that's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week you get full video episodes of every podcast on our network uh live streams we have a big live stream coming up next tuesday for the netflix cup uh a collaboration between get in the hole and our f1 podcast and a little bit of streamer season sprinkled in so big one next tuesday uh you'll get that on our youtube channel youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia And of course, this show is presented by the City of Vineland and the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city, Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. Matt, what is going on, brother? I am living the dream. We have lots of stuff on the docket tonight. We'll start with the Eagles. It's brought to you by our pals over at PHI Apparel Company, our official merch partners. If you want to stand out in the crowd at the tailgates, at the link, the Wells Fargo Center, at the bar, or just hanging out at home, get the best merch available from PHI Apparel Company because there's no doubt in our minds you'll stand out in the crowd. Uh, you can get your Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, Union, and, of course, Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast franchise merch. Uh, go to phiapparel.co, use code underground for 10% off any and all merch orders. And then when you get your merch, be sure to tag us, tweet at us, and let us know where you're rocking your merch from. That's phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% off your order. Eagles going in the bye week eight and one, flying high. And I think the scariest part about it is they still haven't looked like they've put a full 60 minute game together. Yeah. Um, I thought they were gonna blow it. <laughs> yeah, uh, me and uh, me and my wife were watching the game, and you know she like you know we saw the, like the conversion, and um, you know they they get the the Cowboys get the ball back with like forty something seconds. Like, all right, you know, like game is not wrapped up, but you know we we kind of you there's a little bit of like relaxation. You kind of lose your focus a little bit, and so she like got up and like started doing other stuff, and then she sat back down, and there was it was right after that. Uh, pass interference, defensive pass interference, and then 
I think it was Bradbury like was holding his leg, and mm-hmm. I was like, uh, "This is this is like going south very quickly." Which somehow he came back into the game after that. Yeah, um, that did not look good because it looked like his leg r- slipped the wrong way mm-hmm. and his knee uh, kind of buckled. But <laughs> they they get down to the like a uh, 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 first and goal situations like that. They're gonna blow this in extraordinary fashion, and then the Cowboys uh, found a way to make uh, a bunch of mistakes and. Ultimately, the, <laughs> the Eagles were cleansed of any potential sin. But, yeah, it's weird. I I think this is not unique to the Eagles, though. I don't think there's a single team in the NFL that feels like a juggernaut, that mm-hmm. feels unstoppable. Um, I think last year, at this time, you would have said the Eagles and Chiefs really looked far and above, like, the favorites. Yeah. And, you know, that, that ultimately ended up being the Super Bowl matchup. Um but I think in general, there's plenty to nitpick about all the teams. Um, it's the worst the Chiefs have looked offensively on, with Patrick Mahomes. Part of that has been a flu game followed by a flight to Germany, mm-hmm. and I don't think any of the, I don't think any of the uh, European games have been great in terms of like execution. Like they've been a little like on the more low low scoring side. All of the NFL has been a little more low scoring this year, though. Um, who else? The Ravens might look like the best team, but they look good. The Ravens also have some of the dumbest losses. They already have two this year that are just, like, so frustrating that they should have won. And, you know, I think there is still, similar to Jalen Hurts going to the playoffs last year, there's a lingering question, I think, with Lamar Jackson. And it, like, is I, – I don't necessarily believe this, but I think people will ask this question when it comes playoff time. Like, is Lamar Jackson a type of quarterback that can win in the playoffs? I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, like, that, that really – he hasn't done it so right. far. But um, Bills are struggling. Obviously, a lot of injuries. Bengals are turning a corner, but – you know, there's still like a, a, a team that feels like a strained uh, Joe Burrow calf away, which that injury just seems to linger. We talked about the 49ers issues. The Cowboys have issues. The Lions? <laughs> Other than them being the Lions and they have Jared Goff. I don't know what else. Everywhere. My point is every team, every contender right now, I think has something you can, you can say about them. So um, I think the Eagles have been pretty good and they've beaten good teams at this point and they've i think what the eagles do which i'll say like no other team has this is one they have a built-in advantage that i don't i don't think anyone can stop the eagles on the ground like it is just like it really is i think one of the true things in the nfl right now that nobody can figure out because you can't because it's not just good scheme it's great talent and like unique talent and ability that allows them you know Every uh, drive starts with a first and nine or a first and eight for them because they, if it's fourth and one, they can convert that. If it's fourth and two, I think they could convert convert with the brotherly shove fourth and four. Mm-hmm. I I really like he's getting like five or six yards on that play now. Like it's not. And the crazy thing is, everyone knows it's coming, and you, you still can't stop. It is an unstoppable. It is the sky hook of of the NFL. Yes. Like it doesn't matter. Like cool. It's the Nowitzki like fadeaway. Cool. Try and stop it. <laughs> you can't. Um, so I, I think they have that in their favor, and I think that's maybe a little overlooked. I think the only area you could say with this Eagles team that has been exploitable, we saw it against Dallas, um, is that secondary. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing, like, you know, you had Bradbury and, and Slay out at various points in that game, and that was the concern coming into the year is, like, guys at their age typically just don't put together a full season. And so much of the Eagles' success last year was based on health. You had 22 starters make it to the Super Bowl. That that really is like even for lucky health years, that's a pretty extreme outlier. Um so, you know, th- that's always gonna be worry. That's a worry for every team. But I, I do think the Eagles defensively, uh specifically, you know, passing, I, I think is that gonna trouble them in the NFC all that much? But it could be something that I think if you get to the Super Bowl where you're gonna likely face one of Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow Maybe Josh Allen, maybe Tua, maybe Lamar. Like those are likely the. Mm-hmm. I'd be shocked actually if it was any of the, anyone other than those five names. I don't know who else. I don't know if C.J. Stroud is going to secretly be Trevor Lawrence. I don't think they have. I don't think they have the push to get past those other five teams you yeah. mentioned. But they're one of those teams that's like, if they catch lightning in a bottle at the right time, could. It's but. weird because I think the Eagles and Jaguars are kind of having a similar season in that Jaguars are 6-2. and two. Mm-hmm. You would not think that in the way that people talk about them. Um, and they've also, like similar to the Ravens, had some pretty, like, two of their losses. They should have beat the Chiefs. But yes. the Chiefs, we found out, too, have a great defense, which I think is something to consider. Weird. But 
I think like the Jaguars, I feel like I watch them and I'm like Trevor Lawrence should have like 80 touchdowns and he just doesn't, yeah. you know, like, and it feels like at some point they're going to like find a rhythm. Um, but I, I personally just not sure that I see the Jaguars making it out of the AFC, but yeah, I just, I, I think that is where, like, if you're just thinking long-term about this team, um, that would be a concern for me in the same way that it was a concern last year because this mm-hmm. the Eagles team couldn't stop. Uh, high quality quarterbacks in the playoffs that's all you're going to see anymore in the nfc not as much you know we know that you know you like no disrespect obviously but jalen hurts is the best quarterback in the nfc and it's really not close like it's dak jared goff brock purdy matthew yeah. stafford if healthy like and that's not really a thing you know like it's really <laughs> it's really falling off in the nfc and so you know like two of the best quarterbacks in the nfc yeah, no especially like Kirk Cousins is out. Yeah, right. Like, there's really, I don't. know. Maybe Josh Dobbs is actually the second best at this point. I'm willing to to buy into that. But. I mean, that whole series of events that he went through on the sideline, teaching it's, his cadence to his offensive line is I've, insane. I've never seen anything like that in my life. <laughs> it has to be so embarrassing as a Falcons player and as a Falcons fan. That would be something that would make me not tune in for the rest of the like. That would be my Joker moment. I think if I was a Falcons fan. How old do you think Josh Dobbs is? I think he's 26. He's 28. Yeah. Everyone I've asked that question to thought Josh Dobbs has been in the league for like 15 years. No, yeah, he's like on the the younger side. Um it's weird. Yeah, it's it's strange and um it it just makes you like wonder too like how many not that like Josh Dobbs is like amazing, right? But like mm-hmm. for just for being a backup, like he's good. And he's he's now he's going to have a backup job as long as he wants in the NFL. Oh, easily. You know, like this has been a great year for him <laughs> uh, financially, I think. Um, it does make you wonder, like, how many of these guys, though, there are that, like, even Brock Purdy, right? If you just give them a shot and they're in the right system, like, maybe things are well for them and they can at least be, like, a mid-level starter for you, mm-hmm. which is a, not a bad place to be. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just think in the NFC, like, I don't know. I, I, I really think the Eagles are still going to be a team that, especially now with the way that they've stacked wins, Mm-hmm. there's a lot of ground for you know the 49ers and Cowboys to make up which I don't know that they can necessarily you know the Eagles have a tough schedule coming up but still like if they lose if they go one and three they're gonna simple math here but the Cowboys and 49ers are gonna go perfect to make up ground yeah. you know like it's I don't know I, I saw I, a tweet saying the Eagles could go f- uh five and three in their next eight and then the last three games of the season if they won them like Dallas wouldn't even be able to win the division Right, like it's they've put themselves in such a good position that um, you know they're likely they are the favorite now to have the one seed, and that comes with a big advantage of the buy and home field advantage throughout. So that could be a a massive turn in their favor. We saw. I think that was very important. Like I can't imagine losing out in the division, having to be a five seed, and knowing you're going to win three games on the road to get to like that's just hard. It's a hard thing to do. So um, yeah, the Eagles. I, listen, has it been perfect this year? No, but I think people got spoiled by last year too, where Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts got to rest every fourth quarter, and like it was every game was thirty to three at halftime, and everyone just got to kind of hang out. Um, it was never going to be that way. Like that was that was, it was. And yet their offensive year. efficiency is up from last year right, in a lot of categories. And that's the thing too is I think this year, not even just for the Eagles, I, and I want to stress that too is like it's just I think around the NFL people felt like the Bills are just as good of an offense as they were last year. Mm-hmm. It does not feel that way. By or every even metric. look that way sometimes. Right. But, like, it, it's – I think there's a little bit of deception, and I think, too, like, we have a tendency to, like, really look back on past season. And you're not living in the moment as much, and you're not remembering all, like, the weird plays and the weird, like, Tuesdays where you were mm-hmm. arguing about this and that. Like, you just remember, like, the big, broad highlights and the, the broad strokes of the season, which were overwhelmingly positive, obviously, for the Eagles. But – um yeah, you know, like every season is gonna have its issues. I can remember people arguing about stuff last year, like for sure. I, I can, I can definitely remember there being uh, debates about Devontae Smith being better than AJ Brown and that he should get, or why weren't we involving Goddard more? We need a better running back. Like you know, it, there was there's plenty of uh, plenty of debates like that. And even with some of the clunker weeks he's had, whether it's by just game flow or whatever it may be, DeAndre Swift is still third in the league in rushing right now. Yeah, he's unbelievable. And we saw Rashad Penny. Uh, <clears throat> he's alive. <laughs> he's out of witness protection, which is good. But Hopefully Boston Scott is okay as well. Yeah. I know he was out with personal issues and it was kind of like hush-hush on that. So 
Um, also, the Eagles-Cowboys game this past Sunday was the most viewed piece of television content since last year's Super Bowl. I'm not surprised. I mean, it's two very, like, loose Whatever you want to say about the Cowboys, like, the America's team thing is kind of a joke now, but they are an insanely popular team. And Eagles-Cowboys, like, no matter how good yeah. or how bad either team is, people tune in. And, you know, Philadelphia, obviously, a huge market as well. Like, it's... And I, also, too, it was the... Really the only watchable game, I think, mm-hmm. in that second half window. Um, and usually, like, whatever premier matchup, I think, is in that, like, 425, 430 slot is usually going to draw a lot of kind eyes. Kind of getting, like, NFC game of the year tags. And... and it was a great game, too. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, it's, I think it's a game that delivers on a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some, like, rivalries, like, that the games themselves are just not that great. Like, there's definitely, like, a rivalry there, but it, ne- it doesn't translate into, like, an enjoyable one for a fan experience. Um, I do feel like Cowboys Eagles does does usually deliver. And on top of that, this week uh, named a finalist for sexiest man alive, Jason Kelsey. You know, listen, everyone uh everyone has their tastes. <laughs> I said this is the closest I will come to even being nominated for this <laughs> award, so I take it as a dub. He's handsome. I, He's a handsome man. Oh, 100%. And I think, how mad do you think Travis was thinking that he was going to be nominated first? Travis dating Taylor Swift, so I think, you know, you Fair. can't be too greedy. I think is, uh, you know, you got you to gotta mind mind your space here. Like, you know, <laughs> like you're doing pretty well for yourself. You don't need everything. You yes. Know? You don't need it all. Um, also, Jason Kelsey confirmed on New Heights that the clip that Warren Sharp posted of him that looked like he was yelling in the Cowboys player's face. Uh, he was actually just laughing maniacally in his face. <laughs> even better. Which is hilarious. Um, Eagles have a bye, so we have a stress-free Sunday upcoming. Um, and I think it comes at the perfect time not only for Jalen Hurts, but it means Dallas Goddard's only potentially going to miss uh, three games with the fractured forearm. Yeah, it's it's a tough stretch of games to, to potentially miss him for. I think um – would not be <laughs> the ideal stretch to, to, to lose him. But you saw last year when he missed time, Devontae Smith really mm-hmm. stepped up. That's where he had, like, his second half of the season where he looked really, really good. Um, and, I mean, he's always been good. But, like, clearly handled uh, that extra load very well. And we know that A.J. Brown has been the second-best wide receiver in football <laughs> this year. So, um, yeah, I, it's it's not it's not a great situation. But, uh, you know, I, I think it doesn't – change too much about how I feel about the Eagles but yeah it does potentially you know I think for Jalen Hurts too you know he's I think that knee's a little more injured than uh mm-hmm. than they're letting on you know and the I think anytime a player is playing with a knee brace that it's not a good sign um and I I was really concerned when he went down during the game it were felt you like, shocked that didn't get a flag okay so like the the refereeing has been bizarre this season because um I don't know if you saw the commander's sack that got turned yes. into it like what is it? What is a defender supposed to do here? And I just think, I think my number one gripe is um, pass interference because the rule is that the defender has to be making an attempt to play the ball. I have to like turn the head. Mm-hmm. I see like I see plenty of times where they'll go and they'll you know, the play runs and you'll see the wide receiver asking for a call and then they'll go do the, the slow mo and the cornerback the safety whoever is all over him no head turned a referee right there and no call it's like i i i think consistency is really where we want to be at um and with plays like that plays like with that that washington and patriots sack that got called Mm -hmm. roughing the passer um i just think like in in like in real speed yeah like it's a violent game i don't know and honestly i think he did everything he barely honestly outside of like Getting him to the ground, I, I don't think for a second actually even like landed on him, like rolled off of him. It was a, it was a pretty like graceful t- sack, all things considered. I I don't know. I just think, um, yeah, it, it's been it's been inconsistent a, a lot this year, which is frustrating. The um, the Chiefs Tyreek Hill fumble, I missed on that. I I I don't know. Uh not just cuz I have Tyreek Hill in fantasy and that was that was a play I really needed. Uh but and I had a, a vested emotional interest in that game, but honestly, I I don't know. I I, I just I, I think sometimes I see these things and I'm like I'm I must be crazy. I yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I understand it, but that's I think that's just sports in general. You're always going to be frustrated at uh 
an official in some way. I think it's officials are like coordinators. Mm-hmm. You kind of don't want people to know your name. Yes. Like it's there's some like Ed Hockley, right? If you know the name, it's like yeah, because they're just like you know well known for like being You're good a character. or right or a character. Um, generally speaking, though, I think you kind of want people. It's it's like a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's kind of better that people don't know your name. You know, like that's a Zach Martin. Yeah. Can you name other like great? Obviously, the Eagles is going to be easy, sir. but you know, like I would say, like in the NFL at large, name five great offensive linemen. Right. It's very hard to do, and that's because listen, you only know them. You only know Makai Becton because he's been bad. <laughs> you only know Trent Williams because he loves to throw hands. Right, and Trent Williams is like also a generational yeah. <laughs> left tackle. You know, like you literally have to be the best offensive lineman for like f- the last fifteen years. I think for most NFL fans, to mm-hmm. know your name. I, I do think it's interesting, you know, with you brought up Tyreek Hill, obviously, and then AJ Brown. Do you think this is the first year we could see multiple wide receivers nominated for the MVP alongside their quarterbacks? Because Tua and Jalen have been great. Um, obviously, they're going to throw Patrick Mahomes in there because that's just what they do with the MVP award. Um, but it does feel like those two have hit an echelon above everyone else at different playmaking positions to where it feels like they both should be nominated at least i think it'll never not go to a quarterback now i just think that's the way i mean i mean we've seen it this year with quarterback play right like when joe burrow and joe burrow is going to work his way in this mvp conversation now too because who knew uh not lamar. playing on a yeah lamar's 100 percent in it i think lamar's third favorite right now um yeah it's it's tough when cooper cup didn't win it for winning the triple crown that was crazy. You know, like, I just, like, it, th- what more can you do? Like, Tyreek Hill, like, he might break 2,000 yards. Cool. You know, like, it, it's, it's, I just think it's very hard for a non-quarterback to win. None of the quarterbacks have been, like, no one's having an outstanding, even Lamar is not having, like, mm-hmm. if you look at his numbers, it's not been, like, wow. Like, the team is good, and he's playing well, but it's been a lot of rushing touchdowns. It's been a lot of, like, <laughs> Gus Edwards has, like, 80 touchdowns in the last uh, four weeks. Um you know, and it, but I, I think there's something to be said too of like being willing as a quarterback that can run, like giving up, you know, um, part of that too, like for team success, and that's why like he should be in the MVP conversation. But he, like it hasn't been, he's it's not having like a statistically great season. No quarterback really is. I, I wouldn't say um, is having like wow. Everyone pay attention to this. Like it's even Jalen Hurts has had like his issues, right? He's mm-hmm. had a few more turnovers this year than than you expect from him. Has it been as dynamic rushing as, as we're used to. Um, but yeah, I, ju- I just think it'll never go to a non-quarterback. You're right now, I, if I was like betting, I think just because the odds are good, I think I would go Burrow because I think if they finish like, if they end up finishing like 11 and six after the season, after the start that they had, and that could be, you know, like if you know, maybe they steal the division from the Ravens, right? If the Ravens have a, a tougher second half, they still have another game to play, I believe. Um, Maybe maybe something like that, right? Like, but yeah, I, I think it's always going to go to yeah, a quarterback. Looking right now at a certain sports book, uh, Lamar, Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes all have the same best odds at plus three fifty. Two is at plus six fifty. Joe Burrow's at plus seven hundred. Christian McCaffrey's at plus fourteen hundred. Um, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence at plus two thousand. This one makes no sense. Brock Purdy at plus twenty five hundred. I mean, it, it when the 49ers were five and zero, and you were looking at them and looking at that team and thinking, if this team wins like fourteen games, you know, like a lot of times too, like the MVP award is just kind of goes to okay, who's the quarterback on the best team in the NFL? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just you know, if Brock Purdy ended up with like thirty two passing touchdowns, like eight interceptions. You know, I don't know, it's 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 tough. But Tyree yeah. kills at plus four thousand with Jared Goff. Dak Prescott's at plus five thousand. And AJ Brown's at plus seventy five hundred. I think offensive player of the year is a more interesting race because you have McCaffrey, Tyreek, and AJ Brown mm-hmm. as all really great like players and options. I think that would be that would almost be the more interesting discussion. I yeah, think, right now you're having, offensive you're having three of great year. seasons. It's Tyreek Hill at plus one twenty five, Chris McCaffrey at plus one twenty five, AJ Brown at plus five fifty. And then Jamar Chase is fourth at plus twenty two hundred, followed by Lamar Jackson at plus three thousand. I could see AJ Brown getting that because if the Eagles end up as the one seed, I think the one of like, I'm just not sure I see Jalen winning MVP this year. He could for sure, mm-hmm. but it's 
it doesn't feel like last year where it's like, wow, you know, people like he took a big jump, especially for a lot of like national people. And I think there's a recognition of he's amazing. And probably if he doesn't get that shoulder injury, he probably does win MVP. But I think that like, I think the one to give the Eagles something, mm-hmm. you know, like I think there's like, I don't know that, you know, Sierra will win coach of the year, right? Like I, I think that that'll probably end up going to someone else. But um, I think there's always kind of an impetus to be like, listen, we can't give, you know, the best team in the NFL, not, they can't give them no award here, you know? So, um, and I love the Dolphins. I love Tyreek Hill, but um, I think I'm not going to call them frauds, but they're clearly a team that struggle against high level opposition. And I think if that means they end up um, maybe not as like the one seed in the AFC and maybe some of the Tyreek love like cools off a little bit because they haven't been able to like win in a big game. Mm-hmm. Maybe you give a little love to AJ Brown and, the fact that he had this historic streak already this year, like he's been such a dominant, like game changing. People are talking about how it's the best trade of like uh, this decade already, you know. And then you have McCaffrey too, so it could be. Feels good amazing. to have placed a futures MVP bet on October 30th on AJ Brown. <laughs> Looking at the odds now to when I place them at plus 25,000. Feels good. Always worth a shot. But Feels yeah. good for the dart throw. AJ Brown's been great. I have him in fantasy, which just really doubles yeah. my joy. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I'm usually not a fan of drafting from your favorite teams because, like, you get to double your joy. You also get to double your misery. Yep. Um, but it has been, uh, it has been fun. He's been unbelievable. He's he's really like unlocked. I think something uh, a little extra special this year in the way that he's played. There have been this century four non-quarterbacks to win the MVP. I think I think none in the last like thirteen or fourteen years, right? Like, the year two thousand was Marshall Falk who won unanimously. Um, two thousand five was Sean Alexander. Two thousand six was Ladainian Tomlinson, and then the last one to do it was in twenty twelve. It was Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Which I mean, fair enough. But yeah, like it's, I ju- I just don't think that. Um, and it's true, though. Like the quarterback position is the most like. We've seen that so much this season and through all of these NFL seasons. Like, the quarterback position is the most important one. And so. then it went Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I wonder if the NFL will also, not to the exaggerated extent, will get, like, the NBA, though, with the voter fatigue thing. Oh, like with Mahomes? Yeah. Mahomes, that, like... I think for Mahomes to win another one, it's going to have to be, like, he's going to have to touch, like, 50 touchdowns again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gonna, he's going to have to have a pretty impressive counting season. I think last year was the last time that he – holy shit. <laughs> I just – I'm sorry. We had the union game on, and I just watched Andre Blake make – I think they were offsides. He didn't know this, but he made an unbelievable <laughs> save. Um, I think last year was the last year Mahomes gets it for just being, like – Patrick Mahomes on the right. Chiefs, you know, you had a great season. Here you go. I, I think because you're right, there is a voter fatigue thing. Like LeBron should have two or three more MVPs. Michael Jordan should have had two or three. You know, it just it happens with uh, you know great like dominant players. You could probably say like Brady should have won a few more. Like it is what it is. So um, I think I think he's gonna have to do something special. Um, and there's got to be like no one really like. It was close last year with Jalen, and again, I think if he doesn't injure his shoulder, mm-hmm. probably ends up going to Hurts. It's it's going to be like, because every year in the NFL, too, you have a breakout team, and we know that a lot of those awards are a little more narrative-driven. Um, not as much as the NBA MVP is narrative-driven, right. but, um, you know, if there's that like kind of young, sexy team with the quarterback who returned a corner this year is having a career year, like... I think voters will a lot of times defer to them. Yeah. So the Eagles on a bye, which is nice. We get to relax and just veg out in front of red zone for seven hours of commercial free football. What a a guy. Shout out Scott Hansen. You know, it's election season. It got me thinking he should run for office. And I think I, I think I would vote for him because the competency that he displays every Sunday to speak clearly effectively for seven straight hours um, and like jump around. Like he's, he's truly one of the, the one best Americans. I, yes. I mean, honestly, like, that is, first of all, commentating a game, not easy. I cannot imagine being in a control room where you're jumping around, especially in like, the early game window when you have like eight or nine mm-hmm. games going, and having to know immediately like, who's, and he has producers that help him out. Right. But like, it's just, 
man, it's it's honestly really, really impressive. Like, every time I watch it, I'm like, damn, this dude is, like, on a bean. Like, it is unbelievable. Scott Hansen, I think you just worked your way into dream guests for this podcast. Oh, I would I, – and you know, too, like, he seems like such a – First of all, he seems like he really cares about the craft. Yes. Like he takes his job serious, which is great. Like I don't think you get that job without taking it seriously, um, and being like very earnest. Um, he seems like an awesome guy. He honestly. seems so like personable too. Yeah, like again, I think you have to be if you're yeah. gonna talk for <laughs> for seven. But he is, he's really become. He's like our generation's Madden. Honestly, you know, like Madden yeah. was like kind of his second life as a as a commentator, and people knew him because he was like, you know, he. Voice we, of the video game. Yeah, like we knew it, and we knew him too because he would go on these tangents, and he would kind of he was always funny for the, the the highlighter, yes. you know, on the screen, right? Like ever, you always knew it was gonna be a trip when he got a hold of that thing, and um, he's kind of like the TikTok ADHD generation where we can't focus yeah. on the game anymore. We have to watch Red Zone. Um, he is our our John Madden now. It's like he has just the turducken is to John Madden as the witching hour. Yes, absolutely, answer. absolutely. Um. He's got a catchphrase. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, shout out Scott Anson. Open invite to come on the show. And whenever. that format too is like now copied by like every mm-hmm. other sport has tried something like that. They just too. tried it with hockey this year. Yeah, um, soccer does it a lot, and it's okay. It's 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 mixed success, but yeah, it's. Um, I know the uh, NBA has tried it. Mm-hmm. It's, there's there's nothing nothing way like it nothing like red zone um let's shift gears from the gridiron to the off season for major league baseball uh it's brought to you by our pals over at kenwood beer the official beer partner of underground sports philadelphia it's 4.1 percent abv just 120 calories only uh eight grams of carbs now uh with the new formula uh, you can go to KenwoodBeer.com, use the Kenny Finder, see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, and Maryland areas. Got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Got some off-season award announcements, off-season rumor mill swirling Matt, uh, last week, or Sunday, I should say. Weird award announcement dump to do uh, the gold gloves on a football Sunday, but Zach Wheeler walks away with a gold glove. Did you expect anything else? Well-deserved. Major League Baseball. Oh, of course. (laughs) Well-deserved by wheels. Uh, Bryson Stott gets snubbed, but in return, Baby Stott was born uh, on Sunday night, so that was pretty sweet for uh, Bryson and Drew. Um, But we also just got the 2023 All-MLB Team nominees, and nominated for the Phillies, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, JT Real Muto, Kyle Schwarber, and Zach Wheeler. Yeah, I think Zach definitely. Everyone else, I think you can make a case. Mm-hmm. JT, I think, has a strong case. Everyone else, you know, Trey had a, a rough first half of the season, great second half. Bryce was out for a bit this season, but when he played, very good. Hey, it's Schwarber, you know, all power. <laughs> <laughs> All gas, no breaks with him. But yeah, it's 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 tough because um, you know we didn't have like we had a good regular season, but it, yeah. you know it's um, obviously a lot of that is predicated on what we do in the playoffs, which it's a regular season award, you know. Uh, and speaking of, seems like Bryce Harper will be moving to first base full time. Dave Dombrowski spoke the GM meetings. Um, he said the door is not completely closed. Uh, on Reese Hoskins, but it does feel like the Reese Hoskins era is uh, slowly but shortly coming to an end. It feels like a we have a price in mind that is not in line with Reese's price, and uh, that sucks. Um, but I don't think this is out of left field either. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think this was something that as soon as the injury happens, it, it immediately you're questioning about what happens at the end of the year with him and. Um, I hope Bryce puts in some work defensively because, <laughs> um, you know, it didn't cost us really in the playoffs, but uh, there's definitely a few moments where it's like, wow, this is a guy who's only played like 40 games here. But, um, you know, he gets a full season there and uh, that might improve things. But, yeah, it's um, it's 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 going to be sad if, if we lose Reese, obviously. He's uh, someone that I think kind of became like the heart and soul of this team in a lot of ways. And I think – Still a little bit divisive, 
with, with fans in terms of his impact and things like that. But I think, um, you know, we appreciate what he's done. And, mm-hmm. and too, like, there's a guy, too, that during the regular season could get hot and really carry this team uh, when they were struggling for bats. And uh, I hope that he gets a good contract. If it's here, that'd be great. But, like, honestly, I hope he gets paid because he, he yeah. deserves to get paid. And, um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be it's gonna be a, a little sad if he's not a Philly anymore. But that's, unfortunately, what it is, you know. And it's one of those things, too, that, like, what he and his wife Jamie have done off the field, too, has been unreal for city of Philadelphia and like they made their home here. Um, and I think, you know, they're a, a Philly sports power couple that no matter where they go, I think will have the undivided support kind of like a, not to the degree I would say of like Zach and Julie. Ertz. I was just going to say like a, but, <laughs> in a nice way, like a, an adjacent a generic brand <laughs> in a way. So, yeah. um, you know, Reese is the you best. You can't discount that either, too, though. Like, um, what having, like, good character people around yes. you're, like... At the end of the day, like, we lose sight of this so much, but this is a job. Mm-hmm. And think of, like, people that you would want to work with. You know, like, and that's ultimately, like, that's what this is. You know, like, and that's why I always think that, like, being a, a good head, co- head coach or a manager, whatever the title is, mm-hmm. is about being, like, a good boss. Like, you have to be able to, like, just think of the best boss you've had, like... And think of like the best coaches. A lot of them are good because they have good interpersonal skills. They know yes. to talk to people. They know to communicate. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's not so far removed from what it is to just work at any other job. So, um, you can't discount what having someone that's like a good person and brings a lot of again like good character, like really good relationships with everyone. Like, that's been a big part with Schwarber too. Is that mm-hmm. Schwarber apparently is like just great uh, camaraderie with everyone, great chemistry with people, like very like warm, especially to new people, like. That matters. Like it really, it it does. Um, you know, ask as teams that have spent a lot of money but struggle because guys don't fit well. Like that's why a lot of sports now like focus so much on interviews, right? And getting to know that like, are they going to fit with our culture? Mm-hmm. Are they going to fit with with how uh, you know we have our clubhouse, our locker room, whatever? Like it's important. And I think you know, say what you want about Jake Arrieta and his time here, but he did say. Uh, when he was co-hosting starting nine, he said one of the best things the Phillies did when they went all in on like the model of just, you know, spending and buying players to, to build the team. One of the best things they did was sign Kyle Schwarber because he is the ultimate like clubhouse guy. And you could tell like the culture flipped once you started seeing Kyle Schwarber kind of in the limelight of this Phillies team. And you can tell that like, he is like the unofficial captain of the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. That stuff it matters. It it hundred percent matters. That kind of thing. Look at like look at the NFL, right? Like at some of these teams that um look at the Raiders. Mm -hmm. Josh McDowell, they hated this guy. And guess what? If you hate your boss, you dread going to work, you're not gonna put forward your best ever. It's no different for an athlete. You're not gonna like really and when that person is gone, it's it's they smoke victory cigars in a week nine weeks. A cloud has literally been lifted. Um (laughs) And it's the same thing too, where you see like with like with I'll give a lot of credit to the Vikings, right? Like Kirk Cousins goes down with injury. There's all the reason in this world that this team could just fold and be mm-hmm. like, it, it's over. You know, the season is done. They have the most resilient game I've ever seen. They're like coaching their ass off, playing their ass off, and they win. And it's like, yeah, because there's a good culture there. Mm-hmm. Clearly, like you know, you you know now that like yeah, you know, like last year was rough for them, but you understand that that is a team that is clearly like well organized and has a good culture around it so it matters this stuff it really does and not only does it matter in baseball it seems to be mattering in the nba man because our philadelphia 76ers yeah have uh our philadelphia <laughs> <laughs> have uh found a way to be the number two seed early on here in this nba season and are you know one Giannis travel away from being undefeated and Seems to be that coaching matters. Yeah, it turns out having a coach that stresses off-ball movement um, could be a good thing. Uh, could be a good thing, too, that Embiid's having to run and move a little bit. Maybe he'll be in shape. Shut up, Pat Bev. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's been a good start to the season. I think um, it's going to – we're on a high right now that I think we're going to fall from a little bit. Mm-hmm. could be after tonight if we, if we lose to the Celtics. But I just think in general, you know um, – 
we talked about how I think this is the lowest expectations this team has come into a season with. And, you know, everything kind of feels like you're just playing with house money a little bit and that you've had a great start to the season. Maxi looks good. Embiid's playing at an even better level than he did last year when he wins an MVP. Like, he's had an unbelievable night against the Wizards, which it always seems to be the Wizards with him. Like, yeah. I feel like he, had, he definitely just fine i'm cool on uh just destroying them but yeah it's it's been good and i think this is what we kind of expected though with nick nurse that you were gonna have a good regular season and this is where like to like keeping hard in and seeing what would have happened with nick nurse for a regular season like this team could have ended up now obviously playoffs is still the big question with this mm-hmm. team but um it does matter regular season you know if you end up as like a two seed you know and, and what that could do for you and how that could uh, kind of change your outlook as you get um, into the the playoffs, but um, I think they they kind of have what it takes, and they have decent depth. You know, like it's it's not. I think that's the key too. It's finally just depth that is playable depth, right? And I mean, listen, if you can get to like mid high fifty win team, like that's an advantage in of itself. So I think there's. I'm not getting real back in because I know where this ends, but I just I, I I can see why people are, and I can see why you know like. I'll watch this team. I'll root for him, but mm-hmm. I, I still am. <laughs> they do feel way more likable than they have over the past four years. I don't know. I it doesn't. I'll be honest. It doesn't feel that much different to me. I wouldn't say that they're more likable uh, because I. They still may rem- just be hotter because Kelly Oubre. That is definitely part of it. Uh, <laughs> we get it. Damn, you got pretty eyes. We know. Um, yeah. I, the Kelly Oubre experience is gonna is gonna hit a rough patch at some point too. Um, we're in a honeymoon phase, and I think we need to recognize that. And this this team is gonna challenge us mentally and physically, probably. But when have they not? You know, good it, to see Nick Batum didn't retire either. Yeah, um, and he came and had a great debut. He had a better debut, debut than Harden did, so that's nice. I think we already won the trade. But I just think, um, listen, it is in a. Uh, abusive relationship where the, the 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 Sixers have hurt me so many times um and they're trying to convince me now this time's gonna be different that they changed they got their shit together now whatever no I'm not I'm not buying it I'm just not it is I think tonight is the first you know real test of the season outside of the the opener against the Bucks but even then like you you were right there with them uh until the very end and um now you get the Celtics are at home, which the Sixers have played extremely well at home this year too, um, and you get a real taste at what you know a, a team that's kind of gone pound for pound with you to start the season against other opponents, obviously. But the Celtics have had a, a really good start to the season, and it's a team that you still can't get over the hump in the playoffs again. Yeah, they've held your leash for the last five years, <laughs> <laughs> like. so. Uh, see what they can do with the home crowd behind them uh, here in this early going. The in-season tournament is underway that, for some reason, a lot of people didn't realize was starting. Um, I will say the NBA, I think, didn't explain it very well. I think yeah. it's still kind of like the format's a little clunky, but, uh, yeah, I think there's there wasn't a ton of promotion, I don't think, either. Because I saw so many people saying, if this was happening around Christmas, like I'd be in. I'm like – Guys, the reason it's happening now is so, so it, can. it can help you get hype for yeah. Christmas because people don't watch the NBA when the season starts. They wait until what, December. What they what you just said is why they're making the tournament because no exactly. one is invested in the NBA on November eighth mm-hmm. <laughs> because everyone knows that the NBA is like no one really focuses like generally speaking, no one is locked in on the NBA till Christmas, um, and the whole point is that. It's, it's a reward for teams that start off the season well because we know that there are teams like that. And two, that to make these early season games matter a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, not surprised that people maybe missed the point a little bit. Um, I, I like the in-season tournament. I know it's gotten some, like, weird hate. I... I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's a cool way to introduce something new to the league. And it doesn't take away from your regular schedule because it's your regular schedule games. Yeah. You're just, you're just giving them a, a boost in meaning to a degree. And, you know, it, it's not like you're adding more games to the schedule unless you make it to the championship. It's one extra game. Um, and it's, you know, it's just a, a new thing. And I think 
you know, if you're a fan of soccer, like you get it because it's very Champions League adjacent. Um, what did you make of the courts? That for me has <laughs> got to change. Um, I like the idea. I like having like a different, a different court. court. Um, and soccer too. Like you have uh, patches on on the side of the jersey too that change for like depending on what if you're in the league or if you're in whatever cup you're playing in, which is like a cool change. Um, I know for some of the league cups in England, they actually so like in England because they're animals, they can't be can have away fans mixed with home fans so there's like away sections they actually expand the away sections for the cup game and it creates like a little heavier of an atmosphere because typically away fans who are really passionate and they're following teams all around the country so like it's usually a little bit livelier of an atmosphere um so i like the idea of you know physically changing the because i think too for the players it kind of like there's something i think psychological like oh it's this is different you know like Mm -hmm. this is a different I think you could tone it back a little. <laughs> I think there's a, a middle ground. Um, some of them honestly look like a 2K court that you would make at 11 yes. years old. You know, like it was like the the brightest of bright colors that are honestly just the usage hard of the to watch. Seinfeld. What's going on in there? <laughs> yeah, meme was hilarious. That was a good one. Um, the heat court was disgusting. I hate everything about it. If I have to hear about a heat culture again, I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm in the midst of trying to make this. I don't know how it hasn't been made already because I've seen so many edits of the heat culture uh, lane that is uh, on their court. How nobody has done the Tom Brenneman and there's a drive deep to left by Castellanos. Yeah, Yeah. get it, get on it now because someone's going to be do that. But Um, I I saw the the Jersey Shore letter somebody wrote on it, which was good. I think it's fun. I think it's it's. I don't know, like. I always think it's weird when people say that they want new, th- like, you want things to change, but you also don't. You know, like, I don't know. Do you think, like, people were cool with the three-point line? I, I wish people would go back, because I've read some of the old, like, articles and, like, newspapers about the three-point line. A, like, universally recognized good idea, completely part of our game now. And people thought that was, like, the end of basketball. It's, I don't know, like, change is good. I think it's fair to give feedback on stuff. Like, I think the courts, again, I'm really stressing this. You could tone it back a little bit. Um, It's the first season of it. I think it's going to be something that is going to, like, okay, so say you're the Nuggets, right? You have the chance, because you've started out the season so well, you have the chance to be NBA champions and then whatever, you know, NBA Cup champions and then NBA champions again, right? Mm -hmm. Like, do something, like, that could potentially never be done again. You know, like, it's, I don't know. Like, I, I think that, that means something too. And also too, like, I think you're going to introduce, I think like higher stakes games, even though the regular season games in some ways, right. They're only going to count as regular season, but like introducing that, like we talk all the time about what a great experience is for like young teams to get in the playoffs. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, here's like a tangible way you can do that too. Like and play these kind of, I think, I think you can say that like, as this tournament rolls on this, the, the, the intensity is going to go up a little bit. And that's good. I think that's a good thing. I, I don't know. I think um, it's like that Biden meme. It's like, <laughs> it's good for the economy. <laughs> Hurts no one. Benefits I mean, everyone. Honestly, like, who is this hurting? That's nobody. what I want to know. You know, like, it's, it's I, I I don't really see the negative outside of I don't like change. That's that's really. It's it. literally just your Tuesdays and Friday games now have enhanced implications. And it's crazy, too, because the people, honestly, I really, I'm, I'm not even trying to make a strong, but I think the people that would complain about this also complain about rest in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And this is an, this is a legitimate way to try and tackle that issue because if you make more of the regular season games more meaningful, then you're less likely, you know, and they've made changes now that for awards you have to have a certain amount. Like, mm-hmm. they're clearly trying to address some of these issues and concerns that people have had with the, the NBA regular season. And I just think, like, what do you want them to do? I, I don't know. What do you... And, like, the groupings are fun and, like... For the most part, it's against, you know, some of your classic rivals. You introduce potential new rivalries. Like, the Sixers are probably in a group where, like, it's not exactly all rival-based, but there's, like, you know, it's fun to add a team who has, over the past five years, been perennially in the playoffs playing against some of these other teams. But, like, you look at the East Group C bracket, like, that's a group of death. It's Celtics, Nets. Raptors, Bulls, Magic. You look at the East B brackets, Bucks, Knicks, Heat, uh, Wizards, and Hornets. And then in the West, like you have the Grizzlies, Suns, Lakers, Trailblazers, and Jazz. Like there's some fun matchups in all of these. And then like the East A is the Sixers, the Cavs, the Hawks, the Pacers, and the Pistons. Like 
those are legitimate competition games, especially like Sixers Cavs. And if the, you know, who knows, Donovan Mitchell may become a Sixer at some point. Yeah, it's fun. I I like it, and I I wish people would stop uh, stop being Grinches. It literally adds one extra game, and that's the championship. Of right. The the tournament. Everything else is just regular season games with enhanced meaning. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so we'll see how the Sixers end up doing against the Celtics. The Flyers, though, it's brought to you by our pals over at Foco, uh, Forever Collectibles. They've got the best collectibles, apparel, merchandise, all officially licensed from Major League Baseball, NHL, MLB, uh, NFL, NBA, MLS. Uh, they also have some Premier League uh, licenses as well, the WWE. 90s Nickelodeon, you name it, they've got it. Click the link in the description to check out uh, everything they have to offer and upgrade your uh, collectibles collections from our pals over at FOCO. Uh, if you want to get Eagles overalls for the Eagles season, they've got them. Uh, so shout out to FOCO. Uh, Matt, the Flyers had the opportunity to do two of the funniest things last night, and they did one of them. Uh, as they lost to the Sharks 2-1, to one, a team who had, in their previous two games, given up 10 goals each to their opponents. It is funny. <laughs> I think that is, that is a really funny thing to have done. And uh, here it is. Here's the slide. It, <laughs> is, it is the most Flyers thing. Um, but it seems to be a trend with the Flyers over the past half decade where teams will be on these, like, historic losing streaks or, like, historic, uh, you know, goal surrendered streaks and the flyers come through and the teams get their act together yeah, and, well, and come to an end you score for a, a case of tasty cakes against the flyers that's what you do if we are a charity <laughs> team uh um, generous to others and i mean it is one of those, th- those things where like you got to expect the unexpected with this flyers team across the board like there's going to be some bright moments with some of the young players that are finally getting a chance like bobby brink uh, I saw a report, too, that the Flyers are allegedly uh, prepared to sign Owen Tippett to a long-term extension. Uh, and for anybody who may not know who that is, he's the quote-unquote like gem of the Claude Giroux trade. Um, he's very good from everything I've been told and what I've seen in glimpses of him. So, I mean, I wouldn't be against it. And, like, that's what the Flyers are at right now. Like, they're trying to build that next nucleus of a, a young core. So... Even if they lose, there's no reason to get mad about it because it's kind of expected this year. And they're not supposed to be a quote-unquote good team until the 2025-2026 season to begin with because that's when a lot of the the turnover and a lot of like the, the core building is supposed to kind of make its way forward. And that's when you can start kind of being very, like, calculated in criticism of the Flyers right now it's just you know sit back and if they win great if they don't it's expected and there's no reason to really get mad about it I think you should be expected you should be hoping for them to lose honestly I think that's <laughs> the best thing the Flyers could do is lose but yeah I agree so um we'll see how they try to bounce back after an unfortunate loss to the San Jose Sharks MLS Cup playoffs back underway though for the Union as they are playing right now 0-0 uh, does it is beat Boston Wednesday? Yes. <laughs> yeah, big turnout for the the Revolution game. There's been a whole 27 people here. I think very awesome. nice, very nice. Um, love that. You know, we had to wait two weeks for this one. Um, suspension came down though from MLS, which was, I think, expected. Um, not not the best vibes. We mentioned this when the playoffs started around the Union when the the, the playoffs started, but. Um, you know, an expected suspension finally comes down and, you know, just can't have that in any sport, in any environment. And it's good that the MLS stepped in and made it happen. Yeah, I, it's weird too because it's only a three-game suspension. There's a Red Bull player that um suspended for six games. I don't know what goes into that decision. Uh, like, I, 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 don't, I don't even understand how that happens necessarily. I think it could potentially pose a tricky situation for the union right if they advance and they go like I, whatever um it sucks you know like we talked about it last week like people don't make this up um there can be cases of like someone misheard something mm-hmm. like we've definitely seen that before but no one's like making this up um and that was clearly borne out through the investigation um really ends i think kai wagner's like tenure here on a sour note because i have to, i i really don't know that we see 
because realistically, like, you make it through New England. I don't, I don't know how much further this Union team goes. We weren't already like in love with this season, and, and like you said, the vibes are a little off. Um, it would, it would suck because he was someone that I think has obviously been great for us the last few seasons, and this is just in, I think for so much of this year. The fans were in support of him and, and wanting him to get paid and stay. And it's like, there's really not a more negative way to kind of end your 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 time here. And um, he had like a weird response too. Like, dude, just like I didn't even see his response. It was, it was not great. It it, it I don't want to say it shifted blame, but he said that like Wood said something about his family and and it's not who is like it's not who I am. It's like brother, just. You said a racial slur. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there's really no place for that. Like, there's nothing someone could say to you that that's your response, you yeah. know, ultimately. And um, so it's it's just really disappointing. Um, uh, and, yeah, it just sucks because that's likely his his last thing is, as a union player. And that's, I think, going to be, unfortunately, how he's going to be remembered. Because I think it, it sucks because he had a great career here. And, again, like, this year was... I think a lot of people like really ingratiated ingratiated himself to a lot of people and kind of voiced a lot of fan frustration about ownership with the union about not paying players and they, they need to invest more and things like that and um, now it's like you kind of lose your your place in a lot of people's hearts and minds so it sucks and I, I wish he didn't do it and I, I I I like you said there's no place for that and um, even if we advance I I don't know how I'd feel about him playing in a game honestly I think that would just be a weird feeling. Yeah, I saw um friend of the program, Morgan Tenzis, she phenomenal photographer, was a union photographer for uh Brotherly Game for a long time. She's down in Florida now. She said I don't think I, she said if you say a racial slur anywhere, like you shouldn't be allowed to play again. Yeah, I mean like think about it in your like workplace. Like you're fired. <laughs> like on it like it's just I I know that like sports are a little different intentions are on how I get it and like Listen, like I've, I've never played at a high level, but like I've said, I've never said a racial slur right. during a game. But I've said things that I would not say otherwise. I have, you know, like and I think most people who have played a sport have, but there's always that line, and you know that that's the line, and you know not to cross that line because there have been millions of interactions on a on a field wherever that, again, people have said things that they probably wouldn't say in their normal everyday life, but mm-hmm. it's so many of them never cross that line because we know that's that's just. That's beyond. I I don't know. It's it's yeah. It's it's like I said. It, it would be it would be a really strange experience if if he is eligible to come back and the union are still in the playoffs. Um, how that's handled? The union were pretty proactive. Like before the ruling even came out, said he was going to travel to New England. Um, so I guess he's. I don't. Know. I, I I think no matter what, he was gone. Um, and this I think just makes it. I think this makes it at least more tenable for the union to be like, well, you know, we had to sell, you know, like, it's, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know now how many fans would even want him back because I just think it's, it's just, uh, it's just a, a disgusting thing to do to someone. That's it. Yeah. Um, Gazdag ringing the bell at the Sixers game as well. Yeah. I don't know if that's that. bad luck for the Sixers or for the union. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Great jacket though. Yeah. Shout out Mitchell and Ness. Um, yeah, it was Gazdag, Carranza, and I forget who the third player was that was sitting courtside uh, the other night for the Sixers game. But Union were in the house, and uh, hopefully, you know, they they get things done against New England here. Um, last bit of Union news too: the the Aronson brothers played against each other, which is pretty cool um, to see them back out on the same field once again. Yeah, very cool stuff. Um, so make sure you guys are following us on the socials at underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, threads. Uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia. Get your merch. PHIapparel.co, code underground, 10% off any and all orders. 
And of course, this podcast presented by the city of Vineland and whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. City's Economic Development Department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process, and their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100, Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. It's been episode number 584 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt and KB, we're getting the heck up out of here, and we are signing off. Peace. Oh,